your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Thanks, Martin Zaman, a listener in Czech Republic, for today's contact. Martin was also a guest on episode 15, Vegan Czech Shares Philosophies. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the Variety Show podcast, Your Positive Imprint. I bring positive achievements to inspire more and more positive actions worldwide. What's your PI? Thank you for listening to this Variety podcast. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Music by Chris Knoll. Check out Chris's music at chrisknoll.com. Subscribe or follow to this podcast by hitting that follow or subscription button now. And while right now doing this podcast, I just meet so many awesome people from all cultures. I'm so impressed with the many positive imprints of Forest for Children organization out of Czech Republic, Europe. They recruit rad, awesome volunteers and they have worldwide support including their membership within the International Ranger Federation which represents park rangers and park wardens throughout our world. Their website is so incredible with loads of information. JusticeforNature.org Justice for Nature is an independent initiative looking for a balance between human civilization and nature through active preservation of the environment and our animals. The current critical state of the environment leads this organization to creating an international vision which opens the door to the wide public to take responsibility and an active role in saving nature and animal species on our planet Earth. I welcome Elana Bendova, who is the spokesperson for Forest for Children organization, Justice for Nature Initiative. Hello. Hello, hello. It's it's really long, right? <laughs> that was a long introduction, but I, I need to get that information to the listeners because your your organization and the initiative is is incredibly important, but it's it's just so dynamic. I'm thrilled to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm happy to have this conversation and this podcast as well. Thanks. You are so young and you're part of this organization. And how long? Well, first, let, let's talk about Czech Republic, because culture is just so much fun to learn about. And talk a little bit about your culture and, and the great, absolute great things about Czech Republic, of course, that's where my roots are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I live in Czech Republic uh, all my life uh, and my colleagues as well from uh, the organization. Uh, What to say, we are a little country in uh, the heart of Europe and we are part of European Union. So I don't think we differ that much from other European countries. Thanks for uh, through the globalization and all these uh, all these uh, like all these influences, you know, the global culture. I I would say, but what to say about Czech Republic? We got more than ten million people, citizens. Um, we are a nice country. We have a nice um, nature here in Czech Republic. As any other country, we have some problems in nature protection as well. It's always a fight. So 
<laughs> that's what I can say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is true in every walk of our planet. And you are over in Prague. And so you have rivers uh, going right through Prague, one river, when the, I, my pronunciation is always so poor, but the Voltava, 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 yes, right. yeah, which has, so Schmetna or Schmetana, I don't know if you've heard the music, he has just an amazing philharmonic uh, composition that he wrote, and it's called the uh, Voltava. Mm-hmm, Have right. you heard it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? I just love that piece. And I wish I could play it for the listeners, but they I will have to just put a link to it because it's it's one of the best pieces I've ever heard. It's just it grabs every emotion and it, and it really for me it really makes me think about nature because of the time that he wrote it and for his river and for his people and his beautiful country. Well, again, thank you again for being here. And so w- growing up, did you go into nature? Did you go hiking? What did you do to fall in love with nature? <laughs> you said it right. Yeah, I, I definitely am I'm in love with nature. Um, and it's uh, I can thank for that my, to my mother because uh, we were, let's say, not really rich. So we did our... Uh, trips uh, or vacations in uh, Czech Republic, in Czech nature. And we did like really easy hiking trips uh, as, as a children with, with her. So that's maybe that's where it all started for me. So I, I always uh, read all these uh, books and encyclopedias about the nature, about animals. Mm, I enjoyed Czech nature and I was lucky to have a childhood when it was still possible to go outside and play outside with uh, other children. It, it might seem like uh, I'm crazy, but uh, I can see these days that uh, most, par- m- most parents are uh, afraid to, to let uh, their children go simply outside like that or play somewhere uh, outside with other children, especially in the cities. So they, they consider it as really dangerous. So... It's, it's really sad to see that uh, children these days are uh, spending their free time on uh, internet uh, with, with uh, all the digital uh, devices and uh, let's say in the digital world. I'm truly scared about uh, how and where this can leads, can leads to in the future. So for me, this was a really important base uh, that I spent uh, part of my childhood in the nature and uh, just enjoy enjoy the natural spirit and all the animals and bugs and um, the, all the beauty. What kinds of animals do you have over in Czech Republic that you enjoyed watching as a child and even today going out and seeing them? <laughs> mm, well, that days we had, uh, let's say we had a lot of birds as I see it now these days, especially for um, this uh, n- new types of or, or uh, massive uh, types of agric- agriculture, uh, the birds are, are uh, disappearing from uh, from the landscape, and uh, tiny bugs and insects as well. 
So that's that's what I was uh, capable and able to watch as a child. And uh, maybe if we were lucky, we could uh, watch some, uh, I don't know, deer or wild pigs or these kinds of animals. But mostly this is it. Yeah, and in the countryside, uh, the other... More of uh, the the domestic animals like rabbits or hens, chickens, something like this. But um, I don't I don't think it's uh, that important if uh, children have a connection or a chance to meet uh, wild animals or domesticated animals. Still, the the experience is really important. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I totally understand your thoughts your hopes for the future i after talking to so many kids that are you know 12 and 13 i think that there's great hope for the future for our planet and but then i also think back to when you know back in the 1990s our gen my generation was working really hard at it and we just haven't been able to get a lot of change so I, I hope that you, I mean, what you're doing and all of those people that you have within your organization or even the ones that visit your reserve uh, can make a difference in what we're trying to achieve. So how did this organization start? It all started, the Green Life and Blue Life story started in uh, 2009 when uh, the founder and... Um, Chairman uh, Melanie Glick uh, went to Indonesia um, as uh, well. Let's say on on the Sumatra island where uh, the base of our project is. Uh, he went there 2009, but before that he lived in uh, Borneo and around um, as a, and he worked there as a um, diving instructor. But one day he decided he wanted to go to uh, see something else. Some uh, nice places uh, where still some rainforest is so that's how he um, get to sumatra island and um, according his words he, as he saw the beauty and the richness of uh, biodiversity there he realized that this is the true value we should uh, save for the future and we should protect so that's where it all started with this with this idea of uh, and with this uh, wow effect of uh, of the of this beautiful environment and ecosystem so he uh, decided to uh, found and start uh, this ngo and these projects uh, and of course with help of uh, some indonesian people because um, himself alone as a as a foreigner or Czech, Czech person he just didn't have that uh, that much opportunities to to for what we do now so it went uh, um, uh, hand by hand with the starting of a partner Indonesian uh, organization so that's how we can uh, he can function and and start all the, all the projects. So that was uh, 2009, and uh, me personally, I'm uh, with the project uh, for three years now. 
and I, I discovered it as a volunteer, as you mentioned, and we, we can talk about this later. So, but the, but the base, uh, the, the, the basic idea was uh, started in 2009. It's huge. The project is uh, raising organically, and it's amazing. Um, it's it's always the, the the thing that he went somewhere. He saw some. Uh, evil or injustice on nature or animals and he decided to do something with this as well so now we have a really nice portfolio of uh, projects and activities one of the things that i read that he felt he needed to do to protect everything was to start buying up uh, hectares and acres so when he started buying it up is that part of the organization's property or is it the people's property? How does that work? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's the, the basic project uh, called Green Life. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's uh, about buying land there on uh, Sumatra Island, uh, which uh, is uh, situated on the border with National Park Gunung Klauser. And uh, this area is uh, slowly growing and it's uh, creating a kind of a buffer between uh, the primer, primary park and uh, the, the wilderness and uh, people civilization. Yeah, uh, this, this year we have uh, 120 hectares of a, of a reserve, a private reserve. And we are getting more and more, but really slowly, of course, it all depends on money. So 120 hectares. Let me, let mm. me convert that. So that's about 297 acres. I, I love the fact that he is a progressive thinker and, and looking into the future and that, that buffer, you talked about that buffer, that is so important for these animals who migrate or who are just traversing across the boundary lines of the preserve there or the reserve and you talk about your the green life programs you have this absolute wonderful website whomever does the website you have to tell that person or that group of people that they do an amazing job because the way it's the way they put it together and and for the listeners when you go to justicefornature.org pick one of them and start telling us mm -hmm. about it and then we'll get into which one you volunteered with hmm. okay I, I make it a little bit more clear um we got this we can call it a green life blue life uh, project but there are there are more as, as i mentioned before we are exponentially growing the project <laughs> and all activities so we needed to, after 10 years, we needed to um, somehow put it together under one, one brand or one initiative. So that's why we created Justice for Nature. And the website, justicefornature.org, is uh, now still, still uh, like being, being made. And uh, yeah, I, I can only agree that it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's a work of uh, one, one amazing lady was Zuzana Kolouškova, which is she's actually a life partner of uh, Milan uh, the founder so they 
are really powerful, power, powerful and active couple who stands beside, beside all these all these projects and activities. So this uh, big big thank uh, goes to them, especially. And absolutely, yeah, I, um, they are the brains and the engines of all this. So about the projects. Uh, well, we talked about the Green Life Reserve. It's uh, impo really important to say that uh, it's not only buying the land and uh, leaving it uh, by itself uh, for the wilderness and for animals, which is the goal, but we need to protect it. So that's why we have there uh, our rangers. Uh, we call them Tiger Commando. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's because of the the let's say umbrella species in our uh, area is the tiger sumatran tiger critically yeah. endangered species yes. so that's what yeah and uh, so we have there uh, this uh, these guys they're local guys indonesians uh, some of them were actually uh, poachers before oh but my they gosh yeah really so they changed their mind they saw that it's uh, way better to uh, surf for the good thing and maybe have a regular job on a, on a nature protection um, than not sure dangerous uh, job of killing animals and endangered species which may be uh, like quick money and big money but it's uh, not sustainable so uh, it was really great to hear that they wanted to change change the way uh, of thinking and uh, of life. So that's a little story behind. Uh, th those are those are guys who go into not only our reserve but the um, national park as well. We have a cooperation with uh, state uh, with, with the organization. Uh, you know the the nature the organs of a nature protection um, held by under under the state, so in Indonesian Indonesian Bureau as well for nature protection. So we are cooperating. We have a contract with uh, with um, national park rangers. So we do monitoring and patrolling uh, even in the national park, but uh, mostly in our reserve. And uh, this is a uh, mainly the the green part what can i mention maybe uh it's not only uh the guys are are walking around the reserve or the forest their important role is uh, the work with the community as well they are um, doing some um information information service for uh, for the locals as well they are telling them why it's important to protect the nature, uh, the forest, that it's not uh, those animals, that they are not uh, enemies or they don't want to kill them or do them any harm. They are just living there. It's just uh, like education for, for adults as well because uh, most of them, they just don't know. They just see the forest as a source or the place where uh, some quick money lives, <laughs> if I can tell. So, yeah, that's uh, one of those uh, important roles they got to work with a community. And uh, 
At the end of the last year, we started a second uh, patrol or, or uh, our, our rangers squad, if I can if I can call it like that. It's uh, under the project uh, Blue Life. Okay, quick story about this. Uh, after, I don't know, six years of uh, Green Life project visiting Sumatra's rainforest, uh, there was this idea with a group of volunteers uh, go somewhere to by the sea and enjoy some sand and sun and swimming. So that's uh, how they discovered the Pulau Banyak Islands. Uh, it's uh, on the western shore of uh, Sumatra Island, and it's uh, it's. Pulau Banyak means uh, like a lot of islands, like many islands. Okay. <laughs> so on, on, on one of them, on one of those, we have our base camp uh, right now. Um, and that's where the uh, Blue Life Project is. is uh, you know, it's, uh, the name of the island is uh, Sikantang. And uh, that, that's where, where uh, Milan started to see the other problems with the other ecosystem than, than on the rainforest. And that's, of course, uh, marine, marine life is endangered as well by plastic pollution. We hear, we hear about it uh, a lot these days. Another big problem is uh, fishing and illegal fishing especially as well. So... That's why he decided to start uh, other activities there. And it started with uh, cleaning beaches from, uh, from all the plastic pollution. And uh, I, can, I can say it's not only plastic. You can find there uh, light bulbs or um, medical, medical waste or f- like things that can be possib- possi- possibly more danger, more biggest danger, f- bigger danger than, uh, than the plastic. I, I don't know. Plastic is uh, um, dangerous because of uh, tendency to fall apart in the micro particles. Mm-hmm. So it's dangerous as well. But uh, my point is that uh, not, it's not only about plastic, it's uh, about all the waste, even the dangerous one, batteries, all, all this all this crap so the, the the first first thing was about cleaning cleaning beaches and uh, cleaning the under underwater uh, area as well because uh, as I mentioned before Milan is a diver so these days we are cleaning the the um, underwater life as well because of the coral reef. And, and all the species living there. And the other big uh, part of the Blue Life project is uh, this uh, anti-poaching activities because we have, uh, again, with the cooperation with the state uh, of Indonesia, with the um, Bureau for uh, Nature Protection, we have a cooperation and license, actually, for protecting um really important part of a Pulau Banyak, which is an uh, island uh, called Bankaru, where uh, sea turtles uh, are uh, laying their eggs. So it's really, it's really fragile ecosystem there and really endangered area because uh, due to poaching, because uh, again, uh, poachers are uh, taking their eggs for uh, selling it on a black market. So 
uh, as we as we realized this danger and we saw the, the poaching activity there, uh, we asked for the permission to take care of the island and the beaches and uh, take. That's where we want to take the place of a uh, anti-poaching patrolling as well. So we started to uh, watch the watch the big beach where where actually the nests are. And we have a license for five years. And after, let's say, I don't know, a couple months, we can see the difference. We can uh, see little turtles running towards the sea, <laughs> which was not happening before, which which is an evidence of, uh, of uh, poaching uh, activities. So this is a small happiness and small progress. And one one of uh, activities uh, on the, in a project Blue Life. Then it's not only patrolling on the beach, but we wanna do uh, patrols and uh, checks of uh, fishing fishing boats as well, because in Indonesia they are uh, catching uh, and hunting uh, protected species as well, those from marine life. Uh, which are mainly turtles, sea turtles, and uh, sharks. So those are <clears throat> those are uh, illegal, illegal um, like species you you can't legally legally hunt. So we do these uh, controls of of uh, of a boats as well, and uh, we are focusing now on uh, protection of a uh, coral reef because. Uh, uh, fisher, fishermen there was the word uh, they are not fishing responsibly and uh, when they when they need to stop their boat they uh, they just uh, throw their anchor wherever wherever they want so and they it of course uh, it, it's it rips the the, yes. the coral and destroy everything so now we are creating uh, these places where they can well, they, they can tie their uh, ships to, and it's not necessary to throw uh, the anchor from from the boat. So, the, those are just the small acts, but for for the whole ecosystem, it's it's really important. So, this those are the mm, really quickly the the green life and blue life. What uh, else is under the Justice for Nature in, in Nature initiative? Um, we started a uh, couple months ago a uh, project in Czech Republic because uh, we have here a problem. But okay, uh, let's say not here uh, because I, I guess this is a problem worldwide as well. But the, the agriculture is not uh, sustainable using uh, poisons. Uh, so we get this. Uh, we got this uh, activity to, which is uh, something. Let's say citizen guards or uh, something like that. Uh, the base is that uh, people go into the field and look for uh, illegal application of these uh, of these uh, poisons in the field, which uh, brings um, poisoning not only the the mice, but as well birds and uh, other other animals. And it gets into your water system. 
Of course, yeah. So these days it's a big fight with uh, our Ministry of Agri Agriculture about about this uh, because uh, our Ministry of Nature Protection uh, is not really into and for for the application of this uh, poison, but um, some alliances of agricultural uh, businessmen and um, and. Um, the Ministry of Agriculture, they really want to push it through. So the application uh, might be legal. But it's against all, all, it's against all the people, I think. As you mentioned, yeah, it will poison not only the animals, but uh, the water system. Yes. Brings the disbalance in an uh, in ecosystem in general. So they can kill the mice uh, they can kill uh, mice uh, this year, but they will they will kill um, the the birds and and their predators as well. So next year it's going to be same situation minus the predators. So it's it, it's not logical logical thing. So it's other activity we are trying to get in in cooperation with uh, Czech Ornithological Association. And um, what else? Uh, we do education of children, which we were talking about on, at the very beginning. Uh, but it's the most important thing in the world: educate little kids and and children to to be well aware about the problems uh, our generations or generations before created. And the most important thing is not only knowing about the problem, but we really uh, we really need feel the need, and uh, we really try to give them the awareness about some basic values, about uh, like uh, the value of nature, but the necessity and the value of uh, of a courage to to act when you see the evil anywhere, not only against the nature, but anywhere. So. Uh, our our le lectures have uh, this uh, ethical side of, of the problems uh, connected with uh, human uh, nature interaction. So we are trying to give them the motivation to uh, and the courage to do something with the with the things they don't like, especially connected to nature protection and nature itself. And it's really important that the children they they really understand they got the pure heart they feel for animals they feel for nature and they feel that we are doing really big harm to to all the global ecosystem <clears throat> but i'm questioning myself these days when it happens on the way to from a child to adult when people lose it lose it mm -hmm. this this uh, this pure heart the, the understanding the empathy so we are facing um, adults who are focused on economical progress and money, the, the value of money as the biggest one. Yes. So we see, we can see that it's really hard to uh, change these minds. So we we are focused on changing uh, children's mind to understand all these connections and all these contexts you are so well spoken 
you mentioned so much that I just kind of, I want, I have a couple of things here. So one is you have all of these patrols all over the world. And what about, have you ever had any of the folks that are doing the patrols, have they ever feared for their life or has it been peaceful? So we were lucky since today that we didn't have any big uh, conflict and I hope it will last <laughs> because as I, uh, as we have uh, other projects and colleagues, uh, for example, in Africa, that's where the, the real danger in nature protection is. It's a war. Yes, there is a yes. war. They are carrying heavy weapons and mm-hmm. I mean uh, poachers and the rangers as well, if they got money and equipment for that. But especially in Africa, there is there is a war on animals and on, uh, on the natural resources and, and ecosystems. So... Luckily, in Indonesia, it's not that bad. Of course, our our uh, rangers or members of our patrolling teams, they uh, need to train, they need to be prepared. So we brought there as a volunteer uh, one of my friends who's uh, training uh, self-defense, for example. So he, he learned them a couple techniques. Um, but... The point is we are not uh, allowed to re- uh, arrest someone, you know, to take take someone. So we always need to call uh, the rangers from National Park or police or, or army of Indonesia. But we are not, we are still foreigners there or just a private organization. So luckily we didn't have any conflict before and to avoid it to be... Uh, our uh, members of, of the patrols, they uh, if they f- have found someone in the forest, they just talk to them and maybe mm, took the took the bags with animals from them. But this was it. It uh, was never mm, some mm, like heavy conflict or something. Uh, most of the poachers they are not motivated because of their families are starving. It's only a for business. It's not, it's not like they don't have any other opportunity or they will starve to death because there's, there is no jobs there. Uh, that's not true. The, most of the poachers, they are doing this only because of, uh, I can call it maybe greed. They want to buy bigger, bigger TV or oh. new motorbike, new cell phones. So... Just uh, it's it's ne- it's necessary to understand it uh, well. It's not because they are they have no other uh, options. It's the it's their choice. Cons- conscious. That's that's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, and we are uh, trying to support the the whole community because uh, it's not only we have uh, employers. Those those I don't know five guys who are in the patrol. But because of uh, we didn't mention the volunteering programs much, uh, sorry, uh, it's just uh, volunteers mainly from Czech Republic and Slovakia. They go there um, for two, uh, 26 days, and uh, the, the, this time is split uh, into green life, blue life part, half and half. So. Uh, 
our our people, our volunteers uh, come come into the village, the last village before before they go into the our reserve and they live in a directly in a in a rainforest in a camp. So they are uh, spending a day or two in the village where they uh, of course spend some money in a in a varung, which is uh, something like a grocery store or or cafeteria, something mm-hmm. in between. <laughs> So they spend the money for the community or at the end of the green green part, they can take a hike with with not with other uh, guides, but with the guides from the village to um, to some nice cave and do the uh, tubing on, a, on a, like a rafting on the tubes uh, in the river. So those are the, the other benefits for the whole community it's not only for those five guys and maybe mm, with and their families it's it's a it's wider so we offer the chance to make a better living through ecotourism sustainable tourism like nature adoration of because that's the goal for tourists to go there that's important to say we can we can uh, provide more opportunities not only like five uh, five places uh, like uh, for for five people so i just felt important to say that it's not poachers are not doing this before because of uh, of starving they are doing it for simply for money and it's everywhere so I just don't have that mentality, so it's hard for me to even envision. We are here back with the values, back at the values, because if they don't don't have it, if they don't understand the the value of uh, the life itself, of those animals, their role in the ecosystem, they just don't feel it. And for them, it's just another source of money. So here we are back to education, back to... um, Talking more in society about values, like uh, like value of life, uh, uh, bravery, honor, you know, empathy. That's what we talk with the with the children most. The empathy for animals, and okay, of course, it's connected with other topics like uh, vegetarian, ve- vegan diet, and all, all the stuff. But it's it's wider picture, but. Of course, of course, it is. The base, the base is just to understand the the, the and get and uh, like ha- have the have the right values, like yeah. And and those are hard to instill, uh, but like you say, you mentioned earlier that kids, there are kids that have those values early on, and then they disappear. And what what is it? And I think you answered your own question, and that is they. You know, greed falls into their life, and it changes a person when they want and they want and they want and they want. And I think that that's that's a key thing, and it's it's hard for somebody with values uh, to grapple with that type of personality that doesn't understand these values, but. As you also said, they can be changed because you changed people in Indonesia. You changed the minds of them. You you showed them it's not so much the empathy, it's what is right. And this is our future, this is our planet, and we need to share it. And I saw something on your website uh, with the cameras. 
in the jungles, in the rainforests. That was really cool. Well, uh, it's a part of uh, our technical equipment uh, and uh, anti-poaching activities. So we, we uh, not not the, directly the volunteers, but the members of uh, this uh, Tiger Patrol or Tiger Commando, they, they uh, put it in the forest because... Uh, it's connected with all the agenda. You, you should uh, write down the GP, GPS location of it and you uh, keep it there for, I don't know, days, maybe months. Depends. So it's uh, it, volunteers can uh, can go with, with the patrol to take the data from, from the, the cameras, but uh, the work with, with the field cameras, it's on, on uh, members of, uh, of our Tiger Commando. The use of, of uh, cameras, it's uh, beneficial not only because of uh, poachers, because not only um, in this anti-poaching activities, but it's a monitoring activity as well. So we, uh, we col collect the data from, um, let's say, natural... Uh, habitat of animals, uh, and we can we can learn more about their life in a, in a nature, so, because uh, many people think, oh yeah, let's go and uh, find something out about animals and uh, do some scientific observations while they are in a zoo in a captivity. Yeah, which which from our our point of view doesn't work much because. In a in a cage, they simply lose their natural uh, behavior and uh, connections, and um, that's that's the goal of an, of using the cameras as well to get uh, get uh, quality data from from the natural natural habitat and uh, maybe their natural behavior, which brings me always the smile to say say that because as we saw the, the mm, movies or the pictures from the camera. They always know it's there. <laughs> they are smiling, maybe waving, looking into a camera. So. <laughs> it's something so different in their environment. Well, so are you able to share this data and the pictures with, with biologists? Uh, not quite. We, we use it for our educational program for okay, children. Okay, so education outreach. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Share it, we share it with public. Uh, there are, some of them are on our YouTube channel to see. So we are not we are not cooperating with any any um, scientific uh, workers or something. So. There's. You can get back to uh, your question for the blue life the, the, with the waste, if you. Oh want. yes, thank you. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to I just wanted to uh, to tell the fact about with the poachers because I I felt it's really important to 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 tell. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. About the waste. Uh, well, we are only a Czech small NGO, <laughs> so we don't have uh, much opportunities to uh, start some uh, recycling business or something there. So our our role in the process is we pick the trash from the beaches, uh, and it's not only that our island or the the Turtle Island, but uh, other small islands around. So we, we go with the boats uh, everywhere we, we, we have uh, in reach and, and uh, clean clean the beaches in a, in a close surrounding as well. And uh, we, we fill uh, big bags and 
when volunteers go back to Sumatra Island, we take uh, we take all the bags with with us with them to the main island to landfill. Simply, simply like that. Uh, I have information that there are some families that do the separation for recycling, but as we know from Czech Republic, there are only a few materials that they can um, recycle, which are mainly plastic bottles. So the rest of it, all the waste or different yes. kinds of waste, uh, is uh, it's uh, we just we just uh, pay a company there who who put it on a landfill, which is uh, not like the the, the best uh, way how to deal with it, but. At, at least it's not uh, directly in a sea falling apart in you know, microplastics and right. some maybe some uh, maybe some uh, enlightened investor is uh, listening right now who can help us with that <laughs> <laughs> we are open to any we are open to any possible corporations so we are trying to figure out uh, really how to how to get rid of the trash but since then this is this is the best uh, thing we we can do now well since you're on the subject i'll mention a family that i had on the podcast and they're called c s e a c monkey project they're out of australia but they work in malaysia a uh, long story on how they got to malaysia but they have worked with this fellow, and I forget what country he's from. I want to say Scotland? I can't remember. But he invented this sh plastic shredding machine. What Sydney, Sydney is a 14-year-old girl who uh, her family is, came up with Sea Monkey Project. But what she does is her dad kind of took this machine and made it, uh, you know, made changes. And what she does is she works with the Malaysian people and they shred the plastic and then they make sea turtle necklaces and they sell them so that they do it as a fundraiser because the plastic, you can't, like you say, you just can't get rid of it. You know, and, and even when we recycle it and it's reused, it's still there. It's always going to be there. So my necklace that I bought, it's always going to be there. You know, it's not going to ever biodegrade. So there's an idea for your organization. We don't understand and maybe we can change it because, of course, yeah, the, this trash won't disappear. The horrible thing is that in Indonesia, they use uh, these little, not even plastic bottle, like with a, with a half of a liter or something. Uh, it's not It's not even that big. It's just a... One or two deciliter plastic cup, which uh, to which so they can drink it, they must use a plastic straw. They they put it through oh, through no. the top of it, and you know I, I mean you drink it like in uh, two seconds, and then it's and trash. So there's loads of it everywhere, everywhere. It's even worse. It's less logic than the plastic bottles. It's crazy. It's craziness. And I don't know if I can tell it like this open, but the main producer of these tiny little water containers is a big uh, corporate company, Danone. So we just want, wanted to maybe do some, do some 
action to let them know. But as I saw in uh, previous years and months, uh, this action tried some other activist groups like Greenpeace and worldwide, and it doesn't bring really a big change. So, but these plastic cups, they they are really the quickest thing to 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 spread in uh, in and and fall apart in these mi microparticles. What you're doing is is so commendable in in pre in preservation, future preservation is really key. <laughs> and you're doing your part. And and I thank you and you're the fundraiser. That's a hard job mm -hmm. to do because <laughs> Obviously, your organization and your initiative cannot go forward without the funding from people. So how do you go about doing the fundraising? Is it all through Czech Republic? Is it mostly Czech Republic or do you go beyond the borders into Europe, United States? Of course, we are fighting with the funding. Uh, we don't accept uh, any grants or subsidies from, from governments. So we so we can uh, stay independent. Mm -hmm. This is even harder to to finance uh, the activities. But uh, the biggest sources I can say are the volunteering programs because it's kind of a eco tourism help camp. So uh, our volunteers uh, pay for their vacation, let's say adventurous vacation, but. Uh, there's still some part of of this uh, of this price of of this cash. Uh, there was some money left from from this fee. Uh, uh, then the there are of course there are individual donors, small um, giving us uh, small amounts. Uh, I always say it's like uh, you can per month you can skip uh, like two beers. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, just help us with that. So this uh, this uh, individual donation donate donator donations and uh, maybe some bigger from the whole families. Then we have uh, supporters uh, from uh, business as well, but uh, not that big. Uh, we only have. Uh, Smaller companies, ethical companies. That's what that's what we are focusing on. Uh, ethical companies. We got this uh, ethical rules for for uh, taking money. So um, this is it. And uh, kids from schools. We have a program, the, the educational program, and in part of it is uh, there are some competitions or children can do their benefit event to to raise money for uh, buying uh, these field cameras so they can get their uh, their footage or pictures from it so we and of course they are there are some from time to time bigger donors so with the new this new initiative new website we We'll start to do more fundraising uh, for these activities, and because, as well, because we are possibly maybe more attractive for people who maybe don't like Indonesia much, but we are opening programs in Africa as well, or 
uh, we do monitoring program in Slova- Slovakia or thinking about Romania. So maybe there is a bigger portfolio for for those people who want to uh, donate money for nature protection in Czech Republic or Europe. So we are slowly preparing uh, materials for this and um, any last in minute inspiration inspiring words that you want to share although you've mm-hmm. been so inspiring already but just to summarize <laughs> <you>. and close <laughs> thank you um yeah uh i want to say one thing this these all activities it's not only about like we are great we are doing it it's an example it's an example for other people that even one person can make a big different different difference in a world that uh working with like a community uh when people get together to support and do something this brings so much good and big impact but i don't want to i don't i don't mean it like only uh in a way of uh, for fundraising or money i mean it uh i always feel that this is only example of uh putting all these ethical and value value base of this project into a reality into praxis so we just wanna we just wanna share especially and we are trying to uh inspire people and share our point of view uh that people should find empathy with animals understand again uh, the value of nature and that they should do something about it even a small step small activity in their local environment for example uh, can protect uh, the small creatures like bees bugs birds in a country where they live or they if they feel it they can help other projects even if they are uh, on the other side of of a globe um the, the the main message is just open your eyes feel the necessity of nature and do active be active and do something do something just don't sit don't close your eyes don't bring uh, don't, don't take the this civilization or may I, I i always say we live in a matrix don't don't make you don't make them uh, you and you feel it like you can't change a thing it's a uh, it's not true we create our own reality we create with other people the things we, we can make things happen if we get a goal and we put some energy and effort with it and this must come from from the value and uh, from some ethical feeling so I, I think this is the main message just don't don't close your eyes and uh, fight for nature Elana Vendova thank you so much for sharing your absolute wonderful organization your initiative and the values that you're wanting to instill worldwide for preservation of nature thank you so much for being on your positive imprint thank you to learn more about Justice for Nature, head over to their website, justicefornature.org. Again, Justice for Nature is an independent initiative looking for a balance between human civilization and nature through active preservation of the environment and animals. 
your positive imprint. What's your PI?